0: Through the hourglass So are the days of our lives Like
1: sands Through the hourglass So are the last five games (laughs) Of the Toronto Maple Leafs Regular season
2: Weren't you on that show? (laughs) I think Gretzky
1: was, wasn't he? You're hilarious (laughs) You know I'm not a. I don't have a very good poker face, so I come in here and I'm like, "He's like, what are you cooking up?" <laughs> and I'm I like, "I don't know. I'm gonna try something <laughs> at the top of the show. It could bomb completely, but I want to make a point." Yes. I am just not a big fan of these last five games. Even though we got Tampa and Florida, man, this is this thing stretching out. Way too long yeah. for me. Last night, Toronto, Philadelphia. I'm sorry, but the best part of last night's game was me in the alumni room with lamb chops.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did you have lamb chops? Yes, lamb so
1: chops. A little mint jelly on there. Or what? Compliments nice. to the chef in the uh, Toronto Maple Leaf alumni box. I thought the highlight of the game was that one
2: play where the buzzer went that ended the game. Love that play.
1: <laughs> that was a really thrilling moment. All right, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, Jennifer Rolnick, of course, of Regulars, Sammy
3: on location. Sup, Sup boys. I uh, just Googled Days of Our Lives. Did you know there's 57 seasons? 57? Hell
1: of a run. <laughs> yeah, it Damn. started in 1965. No, Wayne Gretzky was on Young and the Restless. Uh, and he was uh a mobster. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm was. telling you. He came across like he was he was in the mob. Yeah. I know, I watch. <laughs> Were you in on something was, once? And it was um Nikki who was introduced to him. And Nikki, of course, is yeah, like, you know. You guys know Nikki. Yeah, Nikki. No. Come on, yeah, of course. And uh it was um this is Wayne from our Edmonton plant. <laughs> That was it. That was the line. That's <laughs> all he needed to know. That's Valene. all you needed to know. And then he came in like he was like, you know, making big decisions whether you cool. get to live or die. Cool. Yeah.
3: So the the latest episode of... Um Days of Our Lives. Here's the. Here's this is this is coming out on April twenty second, twenty twenty two. So it's coming up here shortly. A possessed Allie plays mind games with Johnny. Ben and Sierra come up with a name for their berry. And Trip and Chanel bond over their heartache. Paulina kisses Abe. Oh yeah, boys. <laughs> Paulina maybe Wayne's daughter's daughter. She's an actress of
1: some variety, isn't she? I
2: honestly don't know. Uh, I don't know.
1: If you were to do a narrative on, on the Leafs, I mean, would you have, like, uh, you know, is it going to be Labushkin or Hall in game one? <laughs> no. Like,
2: I would just no. have slow-mos of Willie Nylander flipping back his slick back hair right
1: out of the shower or something. Will Willie go to the video room and take a look one more time of what made him great? Who skating helps. <laughs> but I was, I, I, when I played for the Rangers, I did yeah. get invited, uh, I was an, I didn't have a speaking part, but I was on uh, a long. Long-running soap opera called *The Guiding Light*.
2: That's right, and I think uh,
1: must have been my appearance because it got canceled. I think a few years ago.
2: Immediately,
1: like that's uh, enough.
2: But jump the shark.
1: Yes, but going back to the reason why I kind of brought that whole thing up was the fact that last night was one of those just do enough, just get enough in, and you know, Sammy, I I think I got to give you credit. I asked you for a score yesterday, oh, yeah, and it was 5-2. You nailed it.
3: Oh, yeah, you know, once in a while. I've only I've only predicted the score literally every I day know. for six months, <laughs> and I've been right once, so pretty good stuff by me.
2: Not bad, not bad. You know what the highlight of the game was for real? I don't know. Do you, do you still have more intros to do, or can I just launch into true You tr- go, baby. All right. Uh, most impressive thing last night for the Toronto Maple Leafs was Sheldon Keith, the guy who played the most for the Leafs at forward was Mitch Marner, who played 17-17 last night. Uh, And that's with four and a half minutes of power play time. John Tavares was 17 minutes and six seconds, four and a half minutes of power play time. No one played. They spread the ice time around. The game was in the bag early, and Keith played his guys accordingly. I thought that's a great way to get through a hockey game. Not tax anyone too much, you know?
1: Well, it kind of lends to whether or not you're, you're thinking uh, in in, his, in these last five games if you're going to rest anyone else, and I would think the the next natural decision probably would fall into Mitch Marner, but you don't have to necessarily sit him out, but mm-hmm. you can certainly control his minutes. And in those last two or three games, I mean, you could pull him back to to fourteen to fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, when game one or two games. Uh, Game one or game two starts. And if there's an overtime, it's going to 28. It's going to 30. It's going to go to 32. So just if if you're not going to decide to have them miss a game, Mm -hmm. then do what you just alluded to. Pull back those minutes.
2: There's nothing more exciting to me than the fact that we're going to get real overtime again. Overtime playoff hockey, five on five. Mm. Oh god it's coming oh, but in, in the short term we'll continue to talk about
1: we also got kind of uh we got uh, joe smith that's going to help us he's a tampa bay lightning beat writer we're going to find out what the heck's going on down there another loss yeah to tampa bay uh mike kelly hockey analyze uh, ha- hockey analyst who specializes in the analytics world with the uh, nhl network sport logic he's going to come by to uh to share his thoughts as well so um just uh an ongoing uh, progression for Willie Nylander last night. Mm-hmm. Safe to say, everybody feeling like uh, he's back. Yeah, well, he certainly looks
2: like it. His uh, his performance seems to go up when Matthews is, is out. Sammy has some stats in here. Sammy, why don't you share? Why don't you share them so everyone's not sick of my voice.
3: Uh, that William Le- Nylander's last 10 games without Austin Matthews, he has six goals, 15 points, he's plus eight, and he's got a multi-point game five different times, and the team record is 9-1-0. Oh.
2: Man, Willie. So Willie's torn it up without uh, Matthews. You know, he gets to be the the flank shooter on the power play, puts one away last night. It just, I, you know, I'm not saying it's tied together at all, but there was that lull in the season for Willie. And it seems so obvious as an outsider watching it that he just doesn't have that pep. He doesn't seem to be the have the go go go, and he starts skating again. It looks really good. Why don't we uh, go through at a bunch of clips today? Let's start with Sheldon Keith on William Nylander.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been like that for a few games now. He's moving his feet. He's he's been a, a real difference maker. Obviously, the power play once again. He's the trigger man and makes good on it. Um, but more more importantly to do that, he's skating on both sides of the puck, and he's uh, been really good. Uh, obviously, with with Austin's absence, you need guys to step up, and he uh, certainly has done that here the last two games. But even, even going back further than that, he's done a good job here of late. The unfortunate
1: part for many teams who have... A guy that's supposed to be like a Willie Nylander, and that is that he is not your centerpiece. He's not your go-to guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure. Like he's part of the core, but he's uh, he's an accessory to your centerpiece. He's
2: a luxury item.
1: Everybody, every teams had one. Everyone uh, that's won cups have had has had that third or fourth guy yeah. that you cannot do without, but doesn't necessarily get to top billing. Yeah. These guys have a tendency to come and go. But because they're so talented, because they can do so many things that others can't, you truly are at the mercy of just waiting for them.
2: Yeah. What are you supposed to do? You know, what are you supposed to do Nothing with Willie? Yeah. But wait. Just go like this and hope in the first round he he can give you a whole new line, you know, they they're looking at this Kerfoot, Engvall, Willie line. If Willie is skating and driving that line, all of a sudden you have forward depth. But if he's bad, Willie, you kind of don't because you don't trust Kerfoot and Engvall to get the job done by himself. So there's a lot riding on the shoulders of Neilander to play when well. When he's gone,
0: he's gone, right? <laughs>
2: well, and isn't that the truth? Why don't we hear from the man himself on how he's got himself going again.
0: Willie. I uh, actually went and watched, like, I took two games from the first whatever so uh and just randomly watched them and then I saw two uh two in the uh later half and just saw the difference in my game plan, just saw that it was uh it was all about uh skating more and stuff like that. So uh, I put put more focus onto that part of my game. Skating. Would have been nice if he Checked out a couple of visi- uh, vi- uh,
1: videos uh, maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago. <laughs> like February and or something. His, his numbers are fantastic, and people will say that he's having a career 32. year, yep. right? Yep.
3: But Career high in goals now.
1: It's, mm-hmm. it's sometimes a little tricky sometimes because if, if you can just look at the stat sheets and it's like, hey, this guy's averaging a point a game they aren't a point a game there's there're sometimes there're four the points, points in, in one 40 game games, yeah and then there would be a stretch of three games where he's absolutely invisible yep. and that's the part that uh, you have to kind of grin and bear is those those pockets of he's unnoticeable yeah and he's had a few of those there was there was a stretch here where it was the Matthews and Marner are they Is this a team that's kind of resembling a one-line team right now? Because there was a long stretch where Tavares and Nylander weren't getting it done, Mm -hmm. weren't that noticeable, and certainly didn't put up the numbers that you would have thought uh, on a consistent basis.
2: Yeah. No, you know, it's interesting. It's a a really good point. Go
3: ahead, Sammy. Well, I was just going to say that. Uh, we, you gave credit to Keith for his in game stuff last night, not overplaying anybody. I'll give Keith credit for the line switch up with putting him on the third line with the more defensive guys, putting Mikhail up with Tavares. It's really seemed to work for both guys to get their seasons headed in the right direction because he, before he did that, they were scuffling big time. And I think that was when, when they switched it, it was at the end of a long stretch of pretty dreary hockey for those two fellas, no?
2: I would agree with that. Yeah, you know, it's it's it is weird. It's funny with Nylander because it just it's tough to to frame it in a way that doesn't sound negative when you're saying I want more from him, but I want more because he's so good. Like he's so talented, and being at a point per game for him seems like the floor for me in his career prime to be a point per game guy. There's still so much there, and so when he plays like he he does and is playing right now. It's just, it's night and day. It's so different. It's funny. If you go through the Leafs plus minus on the year, you know, Marner and Matthews are plus 20. Obviously, Bunting's up there too. Kerfoot and Engvall plus 20, plus 16 for Mikheyev. You know, Willie's minus 11. So that speaks to, you know, even though he's a point per game guy, there's been some long stretches of play for him where it hasn't been great. So glad to see he found a way to take a look, find his game. Hopefully it carries on into the postseason.
1: Historically, there's always been guys like this in any era mm-hmm. where you are so naturally gifted that it's just a foregone foregone conclusion that every time you step on the ice that this talent will just be there and and take you to a, a level that few can compete with yeah and i think he falls into that category i really do there's some nights when he just thinks that he's so talented that it'll, it'll just naturally happen. fit in and happen. And it doesn't. Yeah. And the question is, is internally, is that a tug of war with him? Or is it one of those where ah, I'm just not feeling it. Uh, I hope I'll be better tomorrow night.
2: You know, I think he probably judges himself versus other players in the league, average players, instead of judges himself against the best players in the league. Like, I think he looks around and goes, I'm doing better than, you know, I'm blowing Capitan's numbers out of the water. Look at him, you know, look at this guy. I'm better than this guy over here. And then instead of looking at, you know, Mitch Marner and saying, how do I try to keep up with the best, you know? I
1: don't know. If If he's not Pasternak from a talent point of view, how close is he?
2: I think from an offensive talent point of view, he is Pasternak.
1: I, I I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I I don't see a ton of difference when it comes to the skating, the shooting, uh the ability to protect a puck at times. I think I think Pasternak's just got a little bit or a lot more uh gumption and mm-hmm. F U in his game.
3: Yeah. I think that's safe to say.
1: I totally agree with you. And but hey. I, I, I was he... on the
3: front line of a scrum, boys. He's got some FU.
2: Did that happen? That I was I looking at my phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> must have yeah. missed can that we,
1: part. Can we, can we get a, f- a few more sample sizes, please? <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm going to get a, a
4: but he should <laughs> watch be, back on
1: that. He should be, I think, if when he's not watching his own film, I, I, I think he should be watching Pasternak's videos.
2: Interesting, yeah. And, you know, what's so funny is, like, it's so not hard to watch video, let alone other players' video your own now in the NHL. You don't sit there through a 60-minute hockey game fast-forwarding through commercials like the, the old days. Like, someone brings you all your shifts. Here, here's your five-on-five five shifts trimmed to when you're around the puck. You can watch your whole game in 14 minutes and be out the door, you know? So, I, I don't think watching a few hockey games is uh, is much of an ass. Good for him. Glad he's doing the work. Let's be careful and give him too much so credit.
1: So, do you, do you expect that line to stick... game one
2: yeah well if game one's at home and they get last change I think you may see him back with Tavares in some capacity like I think they don't mind the idea of having another line that they can get out there match up against some weaker line I think you'll see the line from last night Kerfoot Engvall and him when they're looking to get away from matchups and create a, a stronger third line I just know that they're looking for options, right? Like, you know, we're five games away now trying to get a sense for, for what's out there for this team, who works with who. I like that line. Look good to me.
1: You uh, want to go to Jack next? Or yeah, where? just, just um, the only thing, I, and it's a talented line. It's a fast line. We yeah. know maybe one of the fastest.
2: Yeah, and the right? fly. Obviously, Willie's no slowpoke. Is
1: it gritty enough? Is it heavy enough?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing why matchups matter, because if you put them out there against a gritty defensive line, I don't love it. But if you can get a weaker matchup for it, you certainly think they can make some third pairs, some you know, second pair D, third pair D, get on their heels a little bit, get turning and you know, you hope to do what Willie did in playoffs last year.
1: Before we get into uh Going through uh, maybe the defense and, and, and the goaltending off of last night, uh, just just in terms of uh, another guy that is having, I think, a, a really good season, and that's Kerfoot. Mm-hmm. And fifty points now, right? Is he is he the centerman that you want in, in the playoffs? He's he's Swiss Army knife. He can find himself on the wing easily. Mm-hmm. But where do you see Kerfoot? in this equation here. And I, I only say that because he's, he's got 50 plus points. I think he's got, if I'm not mistaken, 38 assists, a, a really nice pass to Lilligren last night. Yeah. I mean, he, great play. He, yeah. he finds a way to, to, to contribute on the offense. He's not the first guy you think about against, uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs but he has quietly put up some, some nice numbers yeah, here. he
2: plays 15 minutes a night on the third line, well, wherever they want him, really. I just think when you build the Maple Leafs, there's some, like, you're building your lineup puzzle, and there's some guys who ain't moving. Austin Matthews, 1C. You know, Morgan Riley, 1D. You got your goalie. And then you start filling in around there, and that's where you make your decisions. You love a guy that can go in 10 different spots. You know, he's like a free square or a wild card. You can kind of put him wherever you like, so... 15 minutes a night versatility kills penalties plus 20 50 points I know he's not anyone's favorite player on the lease.
1: Can so he run anybody over not at times? No one. No. Just please. No, no
2: one.
3: He, <laughs> he does, last year in the last year in the playoffs, boys, he showed a little bit of an edge. I think more than he does in the regular season. I remember at the end of one of the last games, he gave Suzuki a little bit of a late shot. He's running around a bit. I think he is a guy that elevates the greasy side of his game a little bit Babs once the playoffs greasy, come. Right? and Kipper, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you gave him, I'm glad you gave him credit because I think he's a guy that is kind of not necessarily a whipping boy because I don't think he, you know, is high profile enough to be a whipping boy for Least Nation, but he's the kind of a guy that. He's the first name in anyone's mouth when they're looking to get rid of salary or yes. it's going to be a trade. You know, yeah. you always hear people say, ah, Kerfoot's the guy that'll go. Or, or you know, th- maybe they can trade Kerfoot for him.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, but you're going to you're gonna, go ahead, you're gonna need that 3-5 if you even want to consider uh, bringing back Mikheyev next year. Right. I, so, I mean, he'll, he'll always be that guy that it, it's only a matter of time before you get rid of him.
2: Yeah,
3: it's but not he's the, having a really good year. Maybe, yeah, maybe he really, is. Maybe he, he is.
2: can be Zemgus Girgensons and stick with the team for eight years, despite no one knowing that he actually is on the team. It's
1: you just. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I meant to ask you this on a couple occasions, but I, I'll throw it out right now. Okay, if if um, if Mitch Marner is the Leafs' best passer, yep, who's the second best passer on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Love that question.
2: I'm going to try not to look at any stats right now. Yeah. Um, uh, you know the the natural the inclination that comes to mind is Willie, but I don't really. Think, yeah, but no, I know, but he, he doesn't make a lot of like yeah, like he can make nice flat sauces and it looks pretty, but I I don't I don't know who do you have
1: Bunting, Bunting's got vision. Kerfoot probably. I, you know what? Yeah. I, 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 Sammy just said it, and I only say that because on a couple occasions People he's mad. made We're not some Austin, really by the way. really nice passes. I, I liked Kerfoot's pass last night. And I liked his uh, two-on-one to Engvall the night before. Mm-hmm. I, I guess we're supposed to say so, Matthews. Well, I think if we look at the stats, yeah. it's going to say Marner. And then it goes to, T- like, uh, the assist leaders would Riley, be all, Tavares, all, your Matthews, boys, yeah. all your big boys. All your big boys. But you got to also think that... Uh, touches. That sounds bad. Power play touches. Power play assists. Ugh. Like a, a majority of uh, power play assists. Yeah. Um, for those guys, the bulk would come off of, uh, so you'd chop off 10, 15. But I look at Kerfoot. So, okay, even strength assists. Mm-hmm. It would Speza. go. No, even strength assists would go Marner. Then Bunting and Kerfoot would slide in there. Probably. And then it would go Tavares and Matthews. I can figure this out awfully, awfully easily here.
2: But yes, that makes sense to me. So it, it's skewed, right? It is so, skewed. Well, that's you know. And I, you love- I, as I say, Sammy, a lot of people talking about you know we've at times when we've been hard on Tavares, people have said he's at a point per game, he's at his career averages, he's at whatever. And, you know, the reality is scoring around the league is up. There's, like, 700-point guys Everyone is getting points. He's on one of the best offensive teams in the NHL. Uh, he's on power play one with four forwards. That's the best power play in the NHL or second best or whatever it is. Like, every opportunity to get points is there. So, yes, there is some yeah. sort of recalculation on points where you have to go right, yeah. but they're put in a
1: position to get a lot of points. So But uh, Bunting's got 40 assists. And he... If he doesn't have 40 assists on that line, I mean, we, that's fair. I know. I, I get it. And I don't think he's going to win rookie of the year. And uh, there's just there's just, <laughs> not there's just not enough there for him to win it.
2: First assists uh, on the Maple Leafs at 5-on-5. Five five. Bunting, first. 22, Marner is 21. 5-on-5, five, five, first 1st assists. So total assists. Oh, okay, total assists. Total assists. Yes. Marner is 38. And yes. Bunting is 37. And where is Kirkwood? <sighs> Uh, third, 32. Right there with them. Wow, great job. Matthews, there's, 27. Riley, 27. Tavares, 24.
1: To me, uh, five on 21. five. Those type of assists, five on five, tell you that uh, they're amongst the best passers on the team. Yeah, that was a fun little thought experiment. <laughs> should, should we go back into no. to last night? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is last <laughs> night. Kerfoot's helper, I thought, was... Really, really nice.
2: It is. It's a. It's a really uh, a weird observation that I never would have thought about having had high, that highly ranked. But yeah, good creator and you know being all over the lineup like that again. Probably an underappreciated Maple Leaf at this point.
1: Sammy, any uh, anything on that before we uh, uh, critique uh, Jack Campbell?
3: No, I just I, I like the way that he takes the puck from zone to zone too. He's good at that. He's good as, yep. a, as a transition player. Head up, gets the puck out of the zone. I, I don't love his hands. Bit of a bit of a stone hands from time to time. Don't love his one on one stuff he does with the goalie because he gets breakaways too. But other than that, I uh, I really love his passing and that was a great call by Kipper. So I'm all good on Kerfoot.
1: All right, all right, Jack Campbell, last five starts five and o, oh, two forty goals against average, nine oh seven save percentage, at least trending in the right direction.
2: Yes. Um. Do you want to start with
1: Keith before you and I give our opinions? Sure. Let's go to Sheldon Keith on.
0: Jack Campbell. He was he was locked in. I I, I mean it's terrible that you know we had a breakdown there, f- turnover forced the issue to give up the second goal, but um, he was he was excellent. It was great to see. I mean, we gave up more shots than we would have liked today as a team. I think if you talk to Jack and you talk to the goalie coach Steve Bierre, you you want those shots. You want that work and. And uh, especially a night when Jack's feeling it the way that he was, uh, so that's the that's the biggest takeaway I'll, I'll, I'll take out of the game today is he can't pump his tires
1: <laughs> more; They're, they'll burst. Just dead. They'll burst. <laughs> Roberto Luongo and Tim Thomas. <laughs> but can you blame the guy? It's Jack or nothing. Yeah.
2: And last night, so you weren't as high, maybe quite as high on him as Sheldon was. I thought last night he looked energetic.
1: Yeah. He looked well. Lilligren gives up the the puck on the uh, JVR first goal. A big rebound in mm-hmm. the middle of the net, and then uh, you tip your hat off to a, a great shot for the Flyers' second goal. No different than Lilligren's, you know, very good shot over right. over Jones' uh, left shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Listen, uh, just make the saves that you're supposed to make yeah he does not have to be first start every playoff game but there the average is every other game yeah that you have to be the best player on your team if not top two yeah to get to a stanley cup final
2: you know i feel like he fell so far confidence wise that it wasn't going to be a thing where he could go out and make... Who was it? It was probably Mike McKenna on our show who said, no. Forget which goalie it was on our show who said it takes one bad goal to strip you of your confidence, but it takes 100 good saves to get it back.
1: Curtis Joseph. Curtis
2: Joseph. Oh, yeah. That guy. I've heard of him.
1: Yeah. I think Um, he's played, right?
2: Yeah. And, And that's what I felt from Jack was that... To get to 100 saves, you you have to make the first one and the 13th one, the 22nd. Like, this is the start of building towards that 100 for me, where I felt better about him last night. He got across post-to-post on one one one-timer that's maybe going wide, maybe not. But he gets across and he's in the right spot to make the save, even if the shot is on the net. I just liked his movement more last night. You know what I saw last night from him too is when he makes a save and he's feeling so good about himself, he needs to give someone else credit and tapping <laughs> yeah. tap his D and going. And...
1: He's been really consistent with that. Well, has sure. he been even when he's I, been crummy? Yeah, I think I had, so. I feel
2: like I hadn't noticed it as much lately. So last night, you know, a great yeah. job to someone who had nothing to do with the play. <laughs> I was like that's that's the Jack that was playing well for
1: this team. So. And uh, are you okay with? Uh... Him not starting against uh, Tampa Bay tomorrow night. We don't know uh, as far as I, I've, I haven't heard anything on it. I don't know if anything was said today or last night. I heard it
2: theorized that he would play tomorrow night and then play on Friday or Saturday as well. And then Sunday off. Do you think that's too much if he does that? Uh, kind of go every second day here against good teams. Yeah, and...
1: I don't know if it's necessary. I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't play him against Tampa Bay. And give him Florida.
2: You know, I, I think it's years ago since you, you weren't allowed to acknowledge that the other network exists, but it was Ferraro on the broadcast last night who said it. He thought he was going whatever. And I, and yeah. I, and I thought it seems like a lot for Campbell um, right away. But I guess
1: he's if, been off for how long? Right. Four weeks.
2: And, and actually, this is what happened last time. Remember, he, he was off for a long time. Then he came back and they gave him four games in six days. And all of a sudden he was hurt again. You know, you don't want that to happen. So which game would you rather see him? I guess he's got to play one of the back-to-back. So, yeah, to have him take off in Tampa Bay and give schalgren that one. I, maybe my... I think that's my choice.
1: I was like this the other... I through it with you. And I, I, I felt this way 24 hours ago, but then all of a sudden the odds went up that... Sammy, you ready for this? The Boston Bruins will be the Toronto Maple Leaf opponents in the first round and not Tampa Bay... Based on last night's loss to Detroit for yeah. Tampa Bay and Boston's win over St. Louis. So we're sitting here doing the show
2: yesterday, and there's a 22% chance Boston is the Leafs' opponent. And today? 42% chance you're getting the Bruins. In fact, if you're the Bruins, if you go to the Bruins and see who their most likely opponents are, it's actually the Leafs, because they have a bigger variety of opponents it could be. Their most likely opponent is the Leafs. You know, so Tampa's still barely more likely than Boston, but yeah. And now you can't help but feel like, as a Leafs fan, I would say, well, don't let us miss the chance to get Tampa. Tampa's flailing. You know, Boston just beat the Blues; they're rolling. I don't know you never want to wish to get the Lightning, but. Oh, Sammy,
1: who who do you wish? Sammy, they still scare the heebie-jeebies out of you, don't they? The Boston it doesn't Broncos.
3: matter. It honestly doesn't matter, boys. Like. It, the way the Leafs are playing, the way the season's gone, it just doesn't matter you gotta you just gotta accept who you get and beat them like I know the I know the history with the Bruins. I would probably rather play the lightning just because of all the things I've laid out to you, uh mostly the sweaters that the Bruins wear, the building they play in, having to watch the games, the ghosts, the demons, but listen, the Leafs have been the better team all year. If they can't go into the that, they have home ice advantage. If they can't beat the Bruins this year with Swayman and Ned and a, a back end that's not as good in years past, then what are we even doing here? I, I, I just, <laughs> I really don't think it matters. I really, really don't. Well, Fair it enough.
1: could it could just be uh, uh, Sheldon Keefe's feelings as well and that he would base it on uh, the depth of the team. Let's listen to Sheldon.
0: Uh, it is, I think, on forward. It's, you know, it's... Uh, it's somewhat similar to where we've been. I mean, I think back to a couple of years ago, I mean, when we played in the bubble here, I think we had Pierre Engvall, you know, playing on the fourth line at that time and with Clifford and Spez. Um, and, you know, so that, in that sense, we're, we're kind of in the same sort of place. Um, Engvall's moved up, Blackwell's kind of come in. And, uh, but on, you know, on defense, obviously we have got the, the health of Muzzin and Sandin as something that has to fall into place for us here at Kasha as well. But when you look at those guys as options, as we hope that they become available for us, then we certainly think we're we're in a really good place there for sure. Boys, I see
1: the depth. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you should have the most depth out of any team on the forwards because you've spent almost 50% of your cap In four guys. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I mean, that should make it harder to have depth. I mean, the the money that they've spent on their forward group, you would think would give them the depth, but the fact that it's in four guys makes it hard. That it's pretty
1: good, I think, is a credit to them. It is that you were able to take a stone and make it bleed. Yeah. With Bunting and Engvall and Kampf and kasha when he's healthy like it's that that's true depth they've got depth there where where i get nervous for the toronto maple Leafs is the lack of depth on the blue line Mm -hmm. i muzzin out don't know if he's gonna come back and if he does how good is he gonna be how healthy will he look they're they're another they're they're one injury away from a catastrophe on that blue line
2: yeah, so I wrote an article that's up on Sportsnet.ca today about you know my assumption. Like I'm assuming Muzzin's going to come back and play. Like he's skating now. They're taking him on the road trip. I presume he's going to play. They're not. I don't think they're bringing him around. Otherwise, they'd bring Sandine. Like I think there there's some hockey intentions there. So if he's back in, which could be a scary thought, you have one extra guy essentially, and it's going to be a right shot guy. Because you're going to have Riley in for sure, Muzzin in, Giordano in, Brody in. There's your four left shots. You're left with Labushkin, Hall, and Lilligren. And only two of them can play. So, uh, to me, Hall's in. He plays four more minutes per night than those guys. He's the team's leading penalty kill guy. He's essential to that part of their game. So, it's Lilligren or Labushkin in the playoffs. Who do you got?
1: I just... I know... Statistically, it doesn't look great for Labushkin. Uh, the giveaway up the wall that led to the JVR goal. But then I'm watching the end of the game, and he's taking a, a healthy run at Zach, and I'm loving every <laughs> oh second of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's exactly what they've been missing. Just a guy that can make another guy on the on the team you're facing just a little nervous. Yeah. Just a split second to forget about his team philosophy or the game plan and just, okay, what's this guy going to do? Yeah. Is he going to hurt me? Yeah. Like, it's all it takes sometimes is just someone to make someone on the other team go, hey, keep your head up, man. Yeah. I can hurt you.
2: Well, you know, I, and I did. So in that article, I looked at all these sort of numbersy things and- At the end of the day, like Lavushkin plays, starts more shifts in his own end. He plays tougher competition. Um, You know, his expected goals against and all those sort of defensive metrics aren't very good. But he also has been playing with Morgan Riley, who, uh, you know, no one likes to say this out loud. But he's the, the team's maybe their weakest actual defender. He's an amazing player, but he's not a defensive defenseman by any stretch. So... You know, the way I kind of shook it all down is him and Lilligren are pretty comparable defensively. Lilligren creates a lot more offensively. But what Labrushkin Labrushkin brings is much more playoff Uh, stylistically, right?
1: I don't know. It's it's not easy because I'm watching Lilligren and... He's gaining some confidence. Well, that, was, that was a great sh- goal he scored. Poised, Poised it was. A I mean, it was a snipe. Buddy, the Tiger Woods called twirl after the shot.
2: Is is, is yeah. there
1: more to squeeze out of Lilligren in that capacity? It's getting better, and it's it seems like you know his timing's going pretty well when it comes to you know when to come down in and and look for a pass like a, a Kerfoot gave him last night. And and that's part of the uh the equation in the playoffs, that you need certain players to rise up that's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Can can he continue to provide a little offense yeah. in the playoffs? You know, my only worry
2: is that it, it seems he's higher risk reward to me in that the guys who tend to make the big boo boos in the in the playoffs are your Dermotts and your Galchanyux and the guys who are kinda green <sighs> and you know, they make those ones that you go, God, Lilligren, like not now, now's not the time we needed that. Labushkin, again, he's not, you know, he's, he's a flawed defender. He's a 6D. He's your 6 guy. He's going to make mistakes. But what's the value in having someone who punishes? My conclusion at the end of my article is that I think I would start with Lilligren. But my heart wants Labushkin in there because, you know, I See, still I, believe I, in I playoffs. I have Hall
1: out. You do? Too, yes, kid. I have Hall out. Guys, he gets- I, 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 I don't care about your extra three minutes. I've got Hall out over he is Lillegrin. the first
2: guy over the second best penalty kill. First guy over the boards on the second best penalty kill in the league. I mean, he plays 20 minutes a night. He's, he wasn't good in the first part of the season. But to me, he's just, he's reliable. He's a guy you trust as a right shot guy. I, I just think he's so low event. He's like the one, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big haul guy. And to me, they've used him in a way. Lilligren's had four good weeks here. I mean, I understand the, a lot of statistically, the season's been good. But four good weeks where he hasn't been prone to that giant gaffe, I just worry about it coming up at the wrong it, time.
1: It, Sammy, it may come Lynch down. It, it may come down to these last five games and who's got who's got momentum going into Game One, Hall or Lilligren. Mm-hmm. That's the way. That's the way I would use I, these last five games. Yeah,
3: great. I th- I think that the point that Borny made about Hall and. Uh, and the penalty kill is a really important one and that's so important in the playoffs. But liliagren Grin's been really, really good. And it's hard because I we've been hard on him, I've been hard on him, borny has been hard on him. I think I think we kinda have to realize that he's sort of a lock for the lineup now. No, I just not a lock.
2: He's not a lock.
3: I, I, a lock. I, I understand the 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 also the good point you made about it, the Dermot sort of thing where you know them a big mistake, yeah. but he's just been too good um, recently to have him be out of the lineup in I, the first game of the playoffs. I, I, have I have think he's earned right being in there. I have
2: him in right now. I, I do.
1: I can't hang my hat on maybe two power plays a game in the playoffs for Lilligren. What do you mean for Hall? Two, oh, two penalty kills. a penalty Two penalty kills. Yeah. So he, and he averages uh, two thirty
2: uh, per game on the PK. I, I think
1: I think Labushkin or I, I'm sorry. I think I think Lilligren. And can have better opportunities to put fires out in their own zone. They just feel Hull. like the new sexy makes, toy to me Hull, over Hull the guy Hull who just makes me nervous five on five in front of the net or in a
2: corner. He doesn't, he doesn't clear the front of the net overly well. Neither does Lilligrim. Yeah. You
1: Marla, know. guess Hull, what the playoffs are all about.
2: Clearing the front of the net. So put Bush in then if you want. Like, right. I, I just feel like Hall... He's he's taken for granted because there's not a sexy thing he does. There's not no moment in the game you're like ah that's Hall's specialty, but it is stick disruptions and annoying little defensive things.
1: All right, we got a couple of minutes here before the break. Uh, I got a I got a few clips left, but do we want Austin Matthews and and is there a concern? I went on the morning show with JD and they're a little nervous uh, about uh, Austin Matthews. Let's let's go to the uh, the clip. The Kippers, uh Clipper on Keefe, on Matthews, and then
0: we'll we'll talk about it after. You know, he's he's feeling good and he's got a really good skate today. And um, you know, like I said from the beginning, we thought this was a pretty minor situation and he was going to push through pretty quickly. We'll just have to make sure that we're putting him in a good spot and that we've used the appropriate time. You know, it's a, it's a new injury for him and it's something that. He hasn't dealt with before, so we want to make sure that he's feeling good and comfortable before he gets back out there.
1: That doesn't make you nervous, does uh, it?
2: What? You know, the thing that really stands out, is he says, uh, at, th- at first we thought it was just a minor thing, or at the beginning we thought it was a minor thing, and then he carries on. What do you think it is now?
1: Wait. No, I got the sense he still thinks it's minor. Okay. I did. I, I didn't get a sense of okay. uh, and Now, w- it's... where, yeah, it's not what we thought it was Gonna it's the first
2: time dealing with this injury. He's got some I think that's his way of fungus. saying
1: it's it's nothing major. It's not the wrist. It's not he is
2: saying it's nothing that's happened before. Right? It's not like a recurring
1: That's right. So No, I'm I'm, I'm,
0: I'm.
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah. We, we think, we're confident he's going to play uh, in Florida. Yeah.
2: Yes. Not Tampa, but in Florida.
1: Why not Tampa?
2: I don't know, because it just feels like everything, it just feels like they're setting this whole thing up for, well, he's okay, but, you know, and just keep punting it down the road. I don't know, nervous. He
1: just brought him on the trip to go to Hooters? What? (laughs) (laughs) Like uh, John Daly's kid? I just used the the reason (laughs) for muzzin'.
2: Hey, did we not talk about that on the show? John Daly's kid? Is sponsored no, by Hooters. That is why I brought most, it up. It's the most important thing we've ever not talked about.
1: What is I he, twelve?
2: <laughs> he
4: looks like hey, is no, he, he's, he's
1: going to college. Oh, kid. is he? Okay, good. He looks yeah. exactly yeah, like yeah.
4: John
2: Daly. He looks like such a perfect like gremlin. I don't know.
3: And listen, yes. the best part of it was the state the statement. Uh, from John Daly, too, the son of PGA uh, pro John Daly, I have seen my father's great relationship with Hooters over the years, and I am proud to continue my family's association with this iconic brand.
1: <laughs> hey, the, the brand is iconic. Can't take it from the kid. So I did a I did a charity event with John Daly. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, it was a strange one. And then he invited no. the, the Baldwin brothers. What? Right.
2: Tell us, please, we're not going to break. We're just going to talk about this. What?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It was a, a, an event that I I I got to Sportsnet to put on air uh, and uh, show the whole thing. Really? Yeah. And uh, I didn't go great. <laughs> didn't go great.
0: <laughs> Which so, ball so, brothers? So we
1: send a stretch limo. Our budgets were different, to, huh? To to pick up John Daly and maybe a. A Baldwin brother or two, and to bring them up to Angus Glen. Great. Nice track. Except they decided to take the long stretch limo and go to Niagara Falls for like a, a day and a half.
2: Like by their own choice? They just decided? Yes. Decide-
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. So everyone's surprised when, uh, you know, the uh, the invoice came in and it was like a $3,000, you know, <laughs> limo, limo <bills>. expense. <laughs> um, oh, man. And maybe a, a stop at Hooters, I think, at some point for sure. Oh, yeah. But I'm anyways, sure. there's a lot more to that story I might
0: oh, we'll share. Get that off maybe,
1: not share. I don't know. <laughs> all right, let's go to break. You Sammy, we're way over, yeah. way over the break. We got Joe yeah, Smith coming up after the break. Beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times. Uh we're gonna dive in and 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 find out uh through Joe like what the heck is going on with the Tampa Bay Lightning mm-hmm. and where is all this new found energy from the trade deadline they were supposed to have to take a run at something historic like winning three cups in a row. We are a real Kipper and born and we'll see you after the break.
4: Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Still very much up in the air. Who the Toronto Maple Leafs will see in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs here in 2022. We thought for sure it was going to be a a Tampa Bay scenario. But after last night, maybe not. Let's welcome in Joe Smith, Lightning beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times. He joins us. Joe, um, everybody thought Tampa Bay against the Leafs, man. What are you thinking these days?
4: I thought so too uh, for a while, but it very well could be them in a wild card spot. So uh, I'd love to see a Leafs-Lightning such a fun back and forth series, but if the Lightning don't kind of shape up here, they play Toronto tomorrow and the Panthers on Sunday. There's no easy games on the stretch. So what's
2: going on here with Tampa? It's you know you've got an, uh, an article here. Uh, Lost to Red Wings exposes issues with Lightning that need to be fixed. What are the issues?
4: Well, I mean I think they've played one or, or two good periods at a time. They haven't had a consistent full game in a while and. Uh, well, they won two cups based upon the idea of process over outcome, right? Like they have a lot of skill, but they're they want because they're able to defend in front of their net, uh, and not have Buffalo bailing them out all the time. And what you're seeing now is a great first period against uh, Detroit, and then the next period they thought they would just put their sticks down there and, and, and cruise, and try to be kind of offensively go for it too much versus being you know going with the process. And I think like Steven Samko said last night. Not everybody was on board, and that was kind of more of like a eye-popping quote there. But, um, you know, it's – people – but most important thing for them is to get their game ready for the playoffs. I, I realize regular season games, you don't win the Cup in April, but you get your details of your game right. You play your, your structure. You play – get some confidence in all your top guys, and right now it's not there.
1: The one thing that we – when we looked at the East throughout this whole season was – Tampa Bay's got something no one else has, and that is uh, a sure thing in net, in Vasilevsky. And it it sure doesn't feel that way, and it it didn't really feel that way last night watching him start um, and and get some leaky goals in him. Where is he, and how big of a concern is Vasilevsky?
4: Well, if you have lightning, I don't think the least of your concerns is him um, or anything else. I think he has that body of work where you... Team in the playoffs that he can be that guy. Obviously, recently he struggled. Like the team has struggled. Like he has to had a win in the last six starts, which is rare for him. Uh, a goal, I think the, the third one last night was uncharacteristic, going through uh, the five hole there. But he's either giving up odd man rushes and break breakaways, and you know, it's away on a goaltender. So uh, if I were to list my number of worries for the Lightning, I don't think Vladimir Vasilievsky is there. But you're right, he hasn't, his play hasn't been up to his sparkly high standards as of late. Um, but I think he used to be a big equalizer in the playoff series against the Leafs or, and the team in the East because of how good he can be. I think he's the best goal in the world when he's on top of his game.
2: At the uh, deadline, the big move, and not quite at the deadline, was the Brandon Hagel trade, you know, giving up multiple firsts. It's a it's a gigantic transaction. How has that panned out for the Leafs? Or Sorry, for the, the Lightning.
4: Yeah, with Hagel and Paul both came in, mm-hmm. uh, Paul has been terrific. Uh, playing on the top the line of the night with with Kutcher off in point, uh, producing more Hagels, then a little slower offensively. And I think it was more of a shock to him to get traded, a young kid, the first time getting moved in his career, and, and going from playing 17, 18 minutes in Chicago with Caden and Tays, and now he's kind of sliding into more of a third-line role. And I think your game is coming. It's getting better. He's getting more consistent with it. You know, playing with a and in Stamkos and um, yeah, there's a lot there for that. This, this year, for the next couple of years under contract, which is why they acquired him at that price. But I think the best of him you're going to see in the playoff time.
1: Throughout all of this, is is Steven Stamkos quietly having a fantastic year? You know, uh, when when the Tampa Bay Lightning start, first started with their their salary cap issues, there was almost a, a, a thought that uh, they would try to. Think about uh, moving him, asking him to tr- uh, move his no move. I, I mean, that, that's that's long gone. Uh, tell us about his year so far.
4: Oh, he's, he's outstanding. I mean, I think he came into the year uh, really healthy for the first time in several years, having to be able to work out with Gary Roberts in a full, instead of rehabbing, working out and strengthening his knees, legs, everything else. And you saw him come in so motivated to meet the Canadian Olympics team, which I think he would have had they had it. Any so players go to the Olympics, then he's just really been kind of a driving force in play when they lost point in Kucherov for a certain period of time. Just tied Marty St. Louis last night for career points in a Lightning uniform, which is uh, tremendous there. And I think it's kind of almost like a career rebirth for him. He's like thirty-one, thirty-two, and you know, you, you probably wouldn't have thought a few years ago he'd be you know playing another five years, but right now he's not slowing down, and he's really kind of evolved as a player, not just a shooter, but a scorer, and a playmaker, and. Um, they certainly need him down the stretch here in the playoffs to be a guy that
2: they can count on. One thing that catches my eye about the build of the Lightning is they have this great fourth line in Maroon, Belmar, and Perry. Those guys statistically at one point, I looked at it throughout this season, were you know just really tremendous at driving, uh, expected goals. I'm not sure if that has kept up over the last little bit here, but it, tell me about that, that line um, for Tampa Bay and, and it, the advantage it gives them.
4: Yeah, they have one line that they've had all year that hasn't really changed very much. You know, Belmar, Maroon, and Perry. And uh, Perry, I think he went start the year with no goals in the first 17 games. I think he's doing 1 for 18 stretch now. He still has 17 goals, which is pretty darn good for a third, fourth line player. And, and he's been so valuable in the room, too, as far as perspective for guys. And let's give it an A on his sweater within five games. Um, and I think those guys aren't going to win any foot races on the ice. They're not going to be like a blazing speed, but you get below the circles and come playoff time, um, you know, below the red line and take goals. And I think really get the guys engaged physically in the game, which is so important. The Lightning, they're much better when they're engaged physically and, and kind of pulled into the fight like you saw in the last couple of years in the playoff run. So that line is pretty integral in doing that.
1: We're talking to Joe Smith, who writes for the Tampa Bay Times uh, following the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, w- for the hockey fans in the state of Florida, uh, Joe, uh, has the Panthers done enough in the last three weeks to a month to say that Tampa and the Leafs and Boston and whoever else wants to talk about in the East is is staring at the, the team to beat?
4: Well, I mean, I... I think everybody, the Florida Panthers say it's third time, right? I think the Leafs are saying it's our time, you know, with all the the losses in playoffs before and, and pushing. But um, I think until the Lightning lose the playoff series, I think they're still one of the teams to beat. They're not playing like it right now, of course. They're not going to be their top seed off the start on the road, and which they don't mind. But um, I think until somebody beats kind of the championship team with their experience and overall uh, quality of a player up front, depth of front on, on the blue line. I think they're still uh, a team that teams will want to play coming the first round.
2: Where's John Cooper at with the Lightning these days? This guy's won at every level he's ever coached. Great experience, good demeanor. We've had him on the show and enjoyed him before. How is he handling uh, the, the Lightning state of affairs these days?
4: Well, he's a pretty good calming influence, and he's one of those guys that now he's the longest tenure coach in the league. He said one of the challenges now is knowing when to push and when to pull back on a sure. veteran championship team, uh, when to practice them, when to pull up, when what have a day off. Um, so I think some of his better work has been this year, considering all the expectations of going for a historic repeat, um, a lot of demands, pressures, and they played a lot of hockey the last couple of years to make sure to manage a lot of the guys that have played that much. So um, a real tense for him will be down this fresh year and getting the playoffs to see if he can get them over the hump again, but you usually watch practices, and no matter how well or how bad they're doing, they still have a similar demeanor and a little zip to their game, like they did today. Um, so, um, just the 10-year anniversary that Norfolk team that he coached, 129 straight games, still a pro hockey record. So, um, pretty incredible. He's still on this run,
1: right, Joe? Just overall with uh, with Florida having the year that they're having, and in, in the and in the recent uh, playoff uh, matchup. Uh, just in your eyes, what you've seen, uh, where, where the growth of hockey has been uh, in, in, for the NHL uh, with two rivals like this really going at it?
4: It's been, it's been great. I mean, you look at how many players are, are playing hockey in Tampa now. Like Nathan Smith was a guy from Tampa. Now he's on the cusp of the National Hockey League, play for the U.S. Olympic team. Um, again, guys drafted here more from the area. The youth championship youth team from Tampa just went to the national uh, tournament. Uh so I think they have a lot of growth in hockey, and a lot of it is to do with the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup in '04 and then winning in the last couple of years. And I tell you what, the, the series against the Florida Panthers last year, was might have been the toughest series for the Lightning, uh, had the Panthers had some goaltending consistency last year. Now that could have been a different tone.
2: So uh, Maple Leafs fans will want to know how Zach Bogosian's season has gone. He he feels like the one who got away here, a million bucks a year. He's making less than that there, and they would have loved to have him in Toronto. How's his season been?
4: He's been good. He's been, like, got injured, I think, game one. took a shot off the foot, and so he missed a period of time. But he's been in that third pair uh, with Mikhail Sergachev. Obviously, the guys love his personality and uh, a, a great guy off the ice. I think he hosts the whole team for Thanksgiving at his place. I think what was tough for him in Toronto was not being able to see his family um, just because of the COVID and all the protocols. And so being back here in Tampa for three years with guys he knows well and a chance to win. Um, I think it's been refreshing for him, so I think he enjoyed his time in Toronto and the guys there. But being uh, yeah, a security of a three-year contract and be back with the team that he won a cup with a few years back uh, is great for him. Hey
1: Joe, thanks for uh, helping us tee up the the Lightning and the Leafs uh, tomorrow night. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this.
4: No problem. We'll do it again before first round series at to to that point. <laughs> Joe right, Smith, thanks, Joe.
1: who writes for the uh, Tampa Bay Athletic, the Athletic. The Not the times, got it. As sorry was boys. written in my Sammy lineup. Don't you know he's
2: Ron Burgundy? He'll read anything that's I, on the teleprompter.
3: Well, I guess I'm Ron Burgundy too because I legitimately thought that and wrote that. I, it's a bad look by, on my part. Horrible producing. Uh, oh, sorry, okay. boys. It's I didn't mean good. to sewer you guys like that. We'll
1: forgive you, and um, thank just you. Make sure Joe knows that uh, we're not idiots like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> no, I, I told him. Okay, good.
2: All, good. all right. Now uh, I just I, want I to- also got a text. Uh, Is Joe calling from the moon? Was a text I like, got? Oh, so we our connection was not ideal. That's all right. We got
1: it. Just to follow up, uh, and you asked a great question about John Cooper. Now, John Cooper is the longest-tenure uh, head coach, right, uh, since, what, 2013? 15. Yeah. So, and he's been through a lot. And he's been through a lot with a lot of the same players. Yeah. And you're watching Tampa Bay and where there should be, like the Leafs, mm-hmm. you know, trending towards, you know, game one. He's watching this now. Starting to go Losing. a squirrely on him. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's got to have now a, a real strategy here because you cannot fly off the handle on them with five games to go. It's if- too early. Yeah. He's got one of those cards to play. If he, if he hits them hard right now, either internally or he challenges them in the media then it's hard for him to go back to that two weeks later, three weeks later, if he has to, to save a series.
2: The thing is, you never, you can't really do the coach motivation thing in playoffs because the coach motivation thing is usually about effort, right? It's about like, hey, pay attention, sharper focus, bigger effort. Like in postseason, everyone's trying, right? You know, no one's going through the motions in the postseason.
1: No, but so like you, you, you have one, especially with this group where they're veterans, and for for a lot of them, if if you got if you got one more crack at getting their attention, I, I would. If I'm Cooper, I, I save it? it for the first round. I, just, I, I remember yeah. uh, our our documentary, uh, All or Nothing, and almost at the end of the year, and we still reference yes. that. What a show! Yeah, what a show! <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, Sheldon Keith's big speech, right mm-hmm. uh, in Game Six. This is our. This is you know. This yeah. is it. This is the moment. This is the. And he it, it, it really treated it like a Game Seven, and By they time lost you get to it. Game seven. It's and like... then you had to go back and revisit that. Well, it wasn't really it. We got two tries, and guys, no. It's just. I, I think for Cooper right now, he's got to bite his lip right now and just mm-hmm. say these guys. They've won before. Uh,
2: yeah, they know what it right?
1: takes. They just do not, do not. Uh, I, I think waste a bullet right now.
2: I do wonder how hard it is. Like once you've had success together, and you've been there, and I've been there, where you win a championship, and mine was not at the NHL level, but your relationship with that coach changes because he can let down the wall. Right, he doesn't have to be the grindy guy. You've you've done yeah. it together. You've connected. Maybe you had Mike Keenan, it wasn't quite the same, but I think you won in junior as well.
1: Um, that was a... Sh- uh, there's a big difference between 2013 to 2022 for John Cooper than uh, Keenan, uh, where it's that, that short window right. in and out.
2: I-, I guess my point is, like, I imagine his relationship with Steven Stamkos is not entirely one of player and coach, typically how we think of it, but I imagine they have a bit of a two-way reciprocal you know they can communicate steven can walk
1: in and sit down and they can talk i would say in the last 12 to 18 months it's been far better than probably the first right 8 years Where they hadn't got 7 over years yeah. and there were times when cooper would not be playing stamp coast and the minutes mm-hmm. would be 14 15 minutes some nights and it's like i'm uh, a 50 60 goal scorer right. right i'm the captain i'm but i ju- i
2: just mean like even with victor hedman or, va- you know, whatever. Like, yes. these guys have a more re- of a relationship with Cooper. For sure. So, for Cooper to go in there and blow a gasket, like, out of a cartoon with steam coming out of his yeah. ears, like, they're like, hey, like...
1: Unless it's been set up already between... those guys. headmen.
2: Now you're making
1: sense Right? To me. That's the way it works. Yeah. You call in the Headmans, you call in the Stamkoses, and you say, boys, I need some information here. You got to feed me what we what you think we need and if it means coming in with the hammer then i'll go back into the room with you guys in it knowing that you've got my back on it Mm -hmm. and if i need to uh, attack maybe a a third or fourth liner or the second pair uh, on the d then then let's do it yeah and i would assume that vasilevsky would be part of that as well
2: and it'd be like you know, next time this happens, just you know I'm coming in. Like if we have this happen again, whatever this sort of breakdown. Anyway, I, I just I imagine your relationship after you've had success with the team is is a different dynamic than what Sheldon Keefe is trying to do, trying to just ram this Leafs team through the first round into somewhere successful. Are
1: are they subconsciously saying? Uh, we, we'll be ready for putt drop.
2: Yeah. Well, there's a part of me that thinks Tampa Home might. Home
1: away, we'll be ready.
2: Look, look at this team. Their D core is still Hedman and Ruda, McDonough and Chernak, Sergachev and Bogosian. Still their D. There's still those guys. Do
1: you want, you know, whether it's Hall or anyone else on the leaves, do you want to face Kucherov, point? And Nick Paul was the top line. Kucherov,
2: point, and Kucherov. Hedman... Stamkos on, on the power play, Sorelli, Hagel, Maroon, Belmar, Perry. W- where in there are you like? Oh, that's where we're better than them.
1: And not many places, you know. So I don't know. Like if, if they're out of gas, they're out of gas. It, but it,
2: listen, it could be that they. Yeah, they're out of gas three years in a row. They're older. Do
1: you want to put money on that they're out of gas? No. I I don't want to put money on that one. No. I, I don't. I'm not going with the JB best bets on that one. <laughs>
2: no, <laughs> I don't think so either. But yeah, you can't just play like. Donkeys and then show up in the playoffs. I'm not saying
1: again. If 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 they're doing it, it's subconscious. I agree. And you know the way their
2: schedule goes down the stretch. You know they it's it's Toronto, Nashville, Florida, Columbus, and then they end their season with uh, Columbus Islanders. So they've got a tough stretch here, and then they've got three non-playoff teams to close out the year. God. If if we were covering them, we would hate those last three games.
1: Like, just think about what they've gone through. They just had an embarrassing loss to Detroit. The last time the Leafs came in here, they spanked us. Mm-hmm. So, two cups or no two cups? You're expecting some prideful bounce back. How, just... how, what what team shows up tomorrow night? I mm-hmm. I would think that it would have the pride of a. A game one feel tomorrow night against the Leafs
2: yeah I'm I'm, I am curious about that because you've talked about not showing another the other team your cards and you know if it's not going to be Campbell that makes a big difference to how seriously guys approach it I imagine right I I I think think there's
1: always going to be that that thought that
2: uh you know what though I bet you Campbell goes here's why home ice you win tomorrow and it's over ice it Right, That's a good point. Go get the win. You beat them head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Then you got four games. You don't even have to think about it. You know, put your best foot forward on Thursday night. And, I mean, they are way up now. They're eight points up on Tampa for home ice with five games Home
1: left. ice. Win both games. Their <laughs> backs are against the wall going back home. Tampa. Yeah. Tammy, that make you feel
3: good? It sounds great, in theory. <laughs> but I... I I'm picturing a world in which uh, after game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs against Tampa Bay Lightning, Steven Stamkos has a hat trick and he's talking about how much he loves playing in Toronto. And, you know, it's one nothing going into game two and I can barely put a Leafs hat on my head. That's how I'm picturing it going. But, uh, you, you know. That's scars.
1: Nervous Nelly. It's, yeah. Right there. Big time.
2: It's good, though. It's good. I, this, is, this is the fun stuff to me.
1: You know, the anticipation, the buildup we got a quick minute before we go to break one more time. Uh, did we play uh, uh, the – was there a clip on uh, the 109-year-old goal, the Leafs score? There was. It?
0: Did we play that already? There no, we it.
2: didn't.
1: Let's, uh, let's do the Keith on the tic-tac-toe goal.
2: Yes.
0: Let's do that one. It's a great goal. I didn't, I didn't put the connection together. I mean, I, I did put the connection of the three older guys, but not the three Toronto guys connected on that is uh, pretty cool. First time two Leaf players 38 years of age or older
1: combined on the same goal since I was three years old.
2: <laughs> There's a great tweet, one of my favorite all-time tweets, where someone's like, you know, talking about the announcer going, oh, and here comes the oldest player in the league. It's a miracle. He's 32 years
1: old. You know, and it's like <laughs> these guys are the oldest guys in the league. I'm like, God, I'm, yeah. I'm a year older than both those guys. Now, was your first thought was, wow, that was an – amazing looking goal or was it like does Yendel have two left feet like what happened like how do you just fall down I honestly I said to you before the show like it was like he was like a turtle crossing
2: the highway and at some point he just accepted his fate and just went in his shell just run me over just get it
3: over with I, I do okay so the fall was bad for sure there's no getting around that but the pass back from Gio with the stick on the ice tap in for Spezza was beautiful. That was a great pass. Oh, that you know, is, like yeah, he knew he goal. was going to do it. But it was a beautiful, beautiful pass back from Giordano. Some touch. I love that the three old Toronto guys that have come home to try and win Lord Stanley's mug for the Leafs yeah. are connecting on a goal.
1: We just love it, boys. Again, um, shows you how kind of crazy this season's been because that is the furthest thing you'll ever see a fourth line kind of look like scoring a goal in the ding, Stanley ding, Cup ding, playoffs. Ding, ding. 100%. You know, uh, typically in the Stanley Cup playoffs, defensemen just don't fall for yeah. a- any particular it's reason. It's going
2: to be one off Clifford's right. chest or something while he's sitting on top of the goalie if the fourth line gets one.